Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Mobile Rolling, proudly brought to you by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Albion Park, Saturday night. It's Q-Stars race night. All horses competing, Q-bred horses. We've got four Group 1 features, a pair of listed features. All in all, it's a very good program. But I'm really looking forward to these Group 1 features coming through on Saturday night. Uh, they're all very special races in their own right. But this two-year-old Colts and Geldings race is going to be a ripper. For real life, landed barrier one. Frankie Ferocious, who's been a monster this campaign, he's two for two. He draws gate two. And then you've got hold on to your bling drawn out in five. And have you checked in, who was super impressive taking out his heat last week? He's drawn the second row. Have you checked in as trained by Ty Robson up from New South Wales? And he joins us first up this morning. Ty, really appreciate the time. No, not a problem, thanks. Thanks for having us on, Chris. How big a thrill is this for you to have a runner in a Group 1 feature? Oh, no, you know, it's very exciting. Um, yeah, it's something we aim for for the start of the year. And, um, yeah, it's all going to plan so far. Is this the grand final? Have you checked in? Has this been the target all the way through? Yeah, it has been. Yeah, we picked it out. Yeah, for, obviously, we came up in May just to have a throw at the stumps at the Breeders' Classic. And then, yeah, we thought we'd come back. Um, yeah, being New South Wales Breeders, we'll go home after Saturday night. And, yeah, we'll have a go at the Breeders' or New South Wales Breeders' Challenge. And then, yeah, you'll go for a, for a hard-earned spell. Okay. Nine starts so far, three wins, two minor placings. He's by Hurricane King Cole out of Special Thoughts, a mare that uh, I'm sure raced up here. How did this guy end up in your stable? Well, we went to the Bathurst Yearland Sale just for a day out. We, we went there with no intentions of buying a horse. We didn't even take a float with us, and we were just walking around. And, yeah, my father actually picked him out. Um, yeah, just like the way he stood there, his mannerisms on the day. And, yeah, one thing led to another, and, yeah, we ended up purchasing him. and. Um, yeah, as I said, we didn't have a float, so we had organised for, um, yeah, Ricky Alchin actually took him home for us and ended up breaking him in. So, um, yeah, Ricky's got a bit of a connection bit of a connection with the horse there. Okay, and he absolutely flies for Ricky. Uh, we'll talk about last week's race in just a moment, but that's the connection. So Ricky broke him in, and that's why he's got the drive. Oh, yeah, yeah not only that. Obviously, Ricky, yeah, he's a, he's a great driver. Yeah, I think he's, yeah, he's driven in group races, you know, both in Australia and New Zealand. So, yeah, it's, it's yeah... Um, with good reason why he's on. Um, and, yeah, I think, yeah, last week proved, you know, yeah, how good of a driver he is. He drove into a tee last weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Just going back to when you bought him from the sales, so a spec buy, was he expensive? Uh, 13000 I think, on the day. Um, and we're quite fortunate that, um, yeah, the breeders only made him Q-bred eligible the day before. They actually had a receipt there on the day. He wasn't even noted in the book as being Q-bred. So, yeah, it's all, it's all been very fortunate and, you know, it's a... Primarily the prime reason why we're up here. Okay. He's a good size, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's just starting to fill out. Yeah, I think you know, he's put on 30 kilos since he was up here in May. Um, so he's, he's really just starting to develop in a nice type. And, yeah, he hasn't, he, as I said earlier, he hasn't really had a good spell since, you know, since January. So, um, yeah, once we get home, have a crack at the Breeders' Challenge, give him that spell. And then I think, yeah, we're going to try and bring him back and have a have a crack at the New South Wales Derby heats because he... Working at home, he, he's a lot better over longer distance. I don't, I don't think he's a true miler, uh, but you know he's very fortunate. He's got a lot of, lot of high end speed. 
Mm. And that's exciting going forward. Uh, like he's he's a big boy. He's still got plenty of room to, to fill into that frame. So with that good break, he could come back even better next season as a three-year-old. Oh, we've said that all along, Chris. Yeah, especially Dad. Yeah, Dad does a lot of the work with him and just in track work work. Um, you know, anything over a mile and a half, two miles, sticks it, you know, sticks it, sticks it to a lot of our old horses. So, um, but fortunately, he's just got that high end speed. So, anything over a mile, yeah, over these mile races, it's just very fortunate. Like I think, he, I think he ran his last half in 55 the other day. I think it was one of the quickest ones of the day, and he made two runs. You know, Ricky hooked him out thousand metres from home. It's something he, he hasn't done that before. So, he made two runs, and you know, for that two or three days leading into that, he had he had two days off on the float, 10 hours float trip up and as I said earlier he was 30 kilos overweight so we thought he'd needed to run but yeah Ricky said he you know kind of more or less jogged to the line he had had more up his sleeve so yeah that's quite encouraging and he's um yeah he's worked well since uh, again we're very fortunate um we've come to know the Butt family we're staying out at Tim Butts um yeah they've been all very you know very good to us and couldn't ask any more of, of the Butt family so he's, he's settled in really well and you know he's, he's come on since that run as well. Okay. What what is his best asset, Ty? Is it that high speed? Because he's very versatile. We've seen him fly off the gate. We've seen him sit up, make a few runs in, in running. So what is his best asset? Oh, just just his speed. His speed and his ability to maintain it. Like, um, yeah, if, if if Ricky's got to go on Saturday night, six, seven hundred from home, you know, I, I, he'll still be able to rattle off a 26 or 27 last quarter, even if he's got to go that far out. So Ricky's got plenty of options, but yeah, it's certainly his speed and his ability to maintain it for a long, you know, for a longer distance. Okay, you would have been naturally disappointed with the barrier draw on Monday afternoon when, when the marble fell, and he's got that second row draw. So, are you hoping that uh, the way it sort of sets up now that a few of these colts off the front row go to war and make it, you know, a genuine run race? Oh yeah, certainly, mate. Yeah, certainly help, Chris. But yeah, I don't, I don't think we're overly disappointed. Now we can sit back and smoke our pipe. Um, either we're going to be in the running line if the emergency comes out, but if the emergency's in, we're going to be on my ultimate Jacko's back. So he's going to have to make a move at some time. So yeah, if there's, you know, the form suggests that they're going to run a slick first quarter. They have a majority of the feature races up here so far for the two-year-olds. So if they do that again, um, yeah, I think, yeah, we're just sitting back smoking our pipe. And as I said, if we were to go six, seven hundred from home, I think, yeah, Ricky Ricky can make that call on the night. Yeah, you can just judge by there. But... Okay. If you had the single one out, who, who's the horse to beat? Uh, well, he's got form around the majority of them. The only one he hasn't raced is, is Frankie Ferocious. Um, he seems to be coming on, you know, run by run. Um, but I think, yeah, all of it, I think yeah, it depends what happens in the first hundred to 200 metres. It's, um, will dictate what happens in the race. But, yeah, I would say at this stage, must be Frankie Ferocious. Yeah, OK. Uh, now, just on last week, I know you touched on it, just Ricky's drive was absolutely perfect. He made all the right moves at the right time. And just the way he, he ran through the line, he was so impressive. You mentioned the sectionals, a uh, little surprise. Uh, it was a 56-4 leader to win a last half. But just he only sort of got warmed up in that last 100 metres. And, and the gap that he put on his rivals was really impressive. Yeah, well, as I said, yeah, Rick, you, Ricky drove him 100%. And all we said to Ricky was go back at the start. So everything from there thereafter, you know, Ricky just took it upon himself and yeah, we couldn't ask any more about the draw. Um, we thought he'd run well. Like he's, he, We didn't have a great deal of luck with his trials leading into it. We took him down to Bathurst one night and they walked to run 2-4 and he didn't get much out of that. And then we missed one week due to weather. 
So then we had to stick him in the free-for-all trial just to try and give him a hit out because um, we nominated him for a couple of races and they didn't stand up. So we we were underdone going into the heats last week. So we we're, we're conscious of that. Um, and as I said, plus the, the travel and the couple of days off leading into it. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, his run was his run was fantastic. and run the time he did. Um, and he's the type of horse that, you know, he'd get a length or two in front and he'll switch off. So to see him actually run through the through the line like he did is encouraging, but full well knowing if there was another horse near him. And Ricky said he had another gear or two, which is, which is good. Yeah, he was very impressive to the eye last week, no question about it. So that's have you checked in. Let's find out more about Ty Robson. What What's the story with Ty Robson? Uh, born into the sport. Yeah, my father, my father trained and drove it, and so did my grandfather. Um, yeah, dad had dad had a lot of success. He helps out now at the at the farm with my wife and I. Um, we don't have many in work. We've only got two in work. The other one's in Redcliffe tomorrow. Um, other than that, yeah, we breed we breed a few, um, half a dozen each year, and uh, for the past four or five years, and my wife and I put them through the yearling sales. So. Predominantly just breeders um, located out in the central western New South Wales, and yeah, only, only have a couple in work. But yeah, it's just a, it's just a hobby. It's a big family affair. As I said, my father, father helps us out, and so is the in-laws. So yeah, we um, yeah, all get in and yeah, chip in and make it a bit easier. But yeah, it's, as I said, it's just a hobby with only the two in work. Okay, when you look up the form guide, is it Stubbo that you're based at? It is. Yeah, it's just a no, just it's a little Dubbo, it's Stubbo. Stubbo, S-T-U, double V-O, yeah, it gets a little bit confused, just a little town outside of Golgong, um, which is about two hours north of um, Bathurst. So are you in that area, in a roundabout way, near, near Dunnydoo, which is Hugh Bowman area? Yeah, it's, it's the next town along, so that's correct, yeah. So Golgong's the town on the $10 note, but yeah, that's not sure what it's most famous for, but other than that, yeah, there's not too many, if any at all, harness racing people, so the property was more bought just for for breeding horses, just um, we got out of the game there for a little while and just thought we'd breed a few and, and put them through the sales. But yeah, we've got around 50 acres there, so we're pretty self sufficient with water and hole, you know, a water walker and 850 metre track at home. So um, yeah, we're pretty pretty self sufficient. Nearest track's Dubbo, which is an hour away, but yeah, Bathurst, which is where we predominantly go, yeah, it's about a two hour drive. Okay, okay. So how many horses are you breeding each year then? Uh, I think we've got six mares to fall down this year. Um, we've got six, we've got six mares to fold down. We've got six, and we're going on yearlings that we've just nominated for the for the sales next year back down in uh, Sydney. So, yeah, around that half a dozen marks, six each year. That's as I said, both uh, wife and I work full time. So, yeah, come Christmas time when it's folding down and getting yearlings ready for the sale, yeah, it's you know, another full time job in itself. Yeah, I was going to say you're going to be busy in the next couple of months with the, the foaling and then the yearling prep. And you mentioned that you're based up here. You, you, you're based with uh, Tim Butt. He's a great person to lean on for any sort of experience. Oh, we couldn't ask for any more. Um, yeah, all the Buck family, including Kate. Um, yeah, early days, I just sent Kate an email and she asked him and, you know, if we could stay there and that's that's where it all started. But, um, yeah, we, they're, they're constantly going out of their way for us, which we're, you know, very appreciative of. Um, yeah, great facilities, great people. Yeah, we, as I said, we couldn't ask for any more in that regard. Okay. You get to train a group one winner, so it could be a big moment for you there on Saturday night if have you checked in arrives. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, been in a few group races. We had a nice mare oh, about 10 years ago called Starry Art. Um, yeah, she raced in the Oaks, um, British Challenge final and a lot of a lot of finals. Um, so we had a lot of fun with her. But as I said, we got out of the game there for a little while um, yeah, between now and then. And um, 
yeah, you know, if, I think this is most probably one of our better shots. As I said, he's, he's pretty genuine, and um, yeah, so fingers crossed there it all comes off. Well, he looks very exciting. He was super impressive last week, and uh, he's hoping that he races well once again for you on Saturday night. So I really appreciate the time. Best of luck. We'll see you trackside. Yeah, thanks for that, Chris. Have a good day. There's Ty Robson joining us. So he trains. Have you checked in? So we wish him well. And he looks a likely type. He was very impressive. Quickest time of the heats last week. He went a fraction faster than Frankie Ferocious, 56.9. And as Ty just outlined, his sectionals were absolutely super. He's a genuine chance. And with Tab right now, he's at $7.50. For real life, two sixty. Frankie Ferocious, $4. Hold on to your bling, five fifty. My Alderman Jacko's right in the mix. He's four twenty. And have you checked in? $7.50. So that promises to be a great race on Saturday night. We look forward to it. There's plenty of great races coming through on Saturday night. Chantelle Turpin is about to join us now to go through a few of her runners for the features. And she's online now. Chantelle, appreciate the time. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, big night for your stable again coming through on Saturday night. Big wheels lines up on the listed four-year-old in tyres and gildings triad final. Is he the class runner in this field? Um, it's probably hard to say he's not right up there. Um, he never runs a bad race, does he? And he always tries 100%. Were you happy with what he delivered last week? Yeah, we were extremely happy with him. Um, he's pretty. He's probably... He can lead and, and, and also come from behind. So he's pretty versatile. Okay. What was the initial reaction with the barrier draw, gate nine, the outside of the second line? <laughs> yeah, we weren't blessed with the barrier draw Saturday night. So that was a little bit disappointing. But um, as I just said, he's pretty versatile. So hopefully we can get there. Okay. He's had a very, very strong year so far in 2022. Does he go to the paddock after Saturday night? Have you got any more plans in place after this weekend? Um, no, no plans really. Um, he'll probably uh, maybe have a little freshen up and then probably just race through. He's getting up there in grade now. I think he's over 100 grader, so there's probably no hide in him or many more features for him, so he'll probably just race now. Okay. Away we go, lines up in the Group 1 tribe for the three-year-old Colton Geldings. This is going to be an outstanding race. He too faces a second-row draw, but he won his heat last week. Is he just building into himself so far this campaign, three runs back? Yeah, um, obviously that he was he was he wasn't right last campaign, so um we gave him a spell again and then we've brought him back and he's he's last um so he's three runs back, we can't fault him, so we're extremely happy with where he's at. Yeah. At the moment, just looking at him last week, uh he's very impressive to the eye. So he he's obviously done well and he's he's trained up really well this prep. Yeah, he has. He's quite big as well. Like he's big, like his brothers, but he's not. Um, he hasn't filled out like them, so it's kind of hard to keep weight on him and um, stuff. So it'll be good once he matures and fills out like the boys. Mm. This is going to be a cracking race. Uh, you know, future assured one, Captain Shuffles three, Danger Zone four, and then you've got, you know, Misty Creek out in six, Teddy Disco eight, and away we go, drawn off the second row. So this is going to generate plenty of pressure. This field. Yeah, it is. It's going to be a very exciting race for Saturday night. Um, with a lot of them drawn on the front line, I think there might be a little bit of speed. Group, he's a Group 1 winner away we go. And on that occasion, he came off the speed to score when he took out the two-year-old triad. So he's capable of coming off speed, and that's a situation he's going to face on Saturday night. Yeah, definitely. He is capable of that. Um, he proved that when he won the triad as a two-year-old. Um, so that will be great. Mm. Is Captain Shuffles the horse to beat? 
Um, yeah, I think so. He looks good at the moment, doesn't he? He does. He's been very impressive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And in the last race on Saturday night, only a field of five, you've got the three runners, better than Diamond, last start to win, Will the Wizard second up, Black Sedan. Let me ask this question. How far should have Black Sedan's won by last week? Yeah, yeah, he probably should have won. Um, yeah, he just, I think he hung in and they ran out a little bit and um, he galloped and to his credit, he got down pretty quick, which normally isn't his go. So it surprised us a little bit and he flew home to run second. But he shouldn't have been able to run second after making that error. No, he probably should have known. As, he, as he's gotten older, he's probably got a bit better with his gait. He was terrible when he was a young horse. And if he galloped, that was the end of him. But um, he's in the zone at the moment. So hopefully we can pick up one Saturday night. So last week, he was just hanging in. Something was hanging. It wasn't the fact that he was coming so fast that he just got speed wobbled. Nah, Pete said that he, um, he hung in a little bit and he had to check him a little bit. Um, and then when you watch the replay, they, the inside ones probably moved a little bit as well. So I think it was just kind of, yeah, just him hanging in and her run, moving out a little bit and Pete had to check him and he galloped. Okay. Does Pete stick with him this Saturday night? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I thought he might. I thought he might. Any plans <laughs> for him going forward? Um, no, not really. We'll probably give him a little fresh enough after Saturday night. Um, He's pretty genuine as well and racing a lot, so we'll probably just give him a little freshen up. Yeah, summer carnival at the end of the year? Yeah, yeah, obviously he'll go for that. And um, I think the owner, John Paulson's pretty keen to nominate him for the Inter. Okay. One other horse I want to ask about just from last Saturday night was Uncle Shank. He was able to score and he's just building up this unbelievable uh, strike rate. What, what are the plans with Uncle Shank? Um... There's no actual real plans with him. There, there has been a bit of interest from America after Saturday night. Um, so we're just going to see how that pans out and, and see if the sale comes through. He's really maturing into a really fine-looking horse now, isn't he? He is. He is. Um, now he's, he's probably filled out a little bit as well. And, um, yeah, now the four-year-old. and um, he, he, he loves a mile. Um, we probably think he's better off a helmet, um, but he just with his gait speed, he always seems to lead. Mm. Yeah, that, that's that's fair enough. So we'll watch with interest to see what happens with him. Uh, the, the other big question, uh, you had runners yesterday at Albion Park and you also had a runner down in Sydney at Menangle. Who is the best two-year-old trotter in your stable? <laughs> um, that's a hard question. Um... You're loaded. <laughs> yeah, we do have a few. Um, they've probably all got their strengths. Um, uh, we'll see how we go. We've always really liked him and said he'd probably be a better three- and four-year-old because he's so um, immature and he, he's just stupid. He's a stupid horse. Um, and then um, Razumi Dazamoli, he's he's probably the same. Um, he's, he's got pretty good speed, like running 56 last halves in a two-year-old trot's pretty unbelievable from the stand. And then um, we've got Susan, is her name. She's just actually been sent to Melbourne because um, she's eligible for all them races down there. So she's headed to uh, Emma and Clayton. And then we have Love Venus, uh, Venus Love sorry, as well, um, who's in Sydney at the moment. Did she surprise you yesterday? Um, a little. We, we do like her. Um, we think she does have pretty good ability and um, she just had a, a, a setback a little while ago and 
um, we've sorted that out and um, yeah, we're hoping that we can pick up one. Well, she made a real race of it with the locomotive who's out of Lone Cooker and there's been a huge rap on the locomotive for, for some time. So Venus Love uh, really took it up to the locomotive. So uh, it was a very encouraging sign. So is there another race for her down there? Um, yes, yeah, so yesterday was a prelude, so she'll go into the final next Saturday night. All right. Any other trotters likely to venture into state by the end of the year? Um, yeah, she she's also Breeders' Crown eligible, so um, she'll probably come home after that final. I'll head down next Wednesday with her, and then um, we'll come home, probably give her a freshen up. And then they've all got their triads and the springboard um, in the end of September, beginning of October. And then most of them will go out and then she'll probably have a, just a little freshen up and get ready for Melbourne at the end of the year. Okay. Have you had a chat to Pete just about the times that these two-year-old trotters are running? Are you guys surprised that, you know, they're running, you know, what seems to be unbelievable times right now? Yeah, we um, kind of joke about it that they go faster than our paces. Um, but it, it's quite good. Like we took the, a plunge a few years ago and invested heavy in the into the trotters, and it seemed to work out for us this year. So it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just before I let you go, a rock and roll dance. He's arrived. So how's he settled into his new home? Yeah, no, he's great. Um, he's loving it here. He's he's having a great time. Um, yeah, we're pretty happy to have him here, and he he settled in great. And um, he loves coming up to the fence for a pat and stuff. So it's great. All right, and the interest is high there. Yeah, we've been pretty, um, like, pretty pleased with the interest. It's it's pretty good. It's starting to um, get really people are ringing up, probably nearly every day now, asking questions about him. And um, ever the main question everyone keeps asking me is, uh, if, is his foals cupid? So no matter where your mare is, if you breed to a rock and roll dance, your your foal will be cupid. Okay, it's a great scheme, isn't it? The the cupid futurity scheme. Yeah, it is. It's it's fantastic that like obviously we breeders put a lot of money into their their breeding and um yeah you can get pick up that first bonus of twelve thousand. Oh, is it twelve fourteen? Twelve fourteen thousand. Yeah, yeah fourteen thousand. Mm. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, fingers crossed for a busy uh, breeding season for you. But keep up the great results on the uh, on the track because uh, the results are there. There's no doubt about it. I think you had a couple of winners again yesterday. So uh, the results are certainly there. So keep up the good work. Thank you. Chantel Turpin joining us. So uh, a number of runners for that stable there on Saturday night. We'll keep an eye on those trotters as well. Bernie Hewitt's got a big drive on Saturday night because he's got the clear favourite for the two-year-old Phillies Group 1 feature, and that's Jewel Melody. Unbelievably, she's chasing her fourth Group 1 victory this season. It's been a heck of a year already, and she's looking to cap it off with another feature. Bernie Hewitt joins us now. Bernie, good morning. Morning, Chris. Is she ready to rock and roll again on the weekend? Yeah, I've been really happy with the work, Chris. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think she'll, uh, she'll be right at a peak for Saturday. When you sort of say she's chasing her fourth Group 1 win, you, automatically you think it's been a, a really busy and hectic year, but she looks like she's coping with it really well. Yeah, it doesn't take a whirl out of her. She's, um, she's a big over, overbuilt filly, really big, um, strong filly, and... Um, yeah, she just smashes the feed bin all the time and uh, just, you know, can never fill her up and um, it doesn't take a whirl out of us, you know, having a run. So, um, you know, and it works always good. So, yeah, no, she's she's one out of the box, I think, Chris. Yeah, 10 starts so far, six wins, four minors, and she's banked $250,000. That, that's a great juvenile season. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's uh, bloody scary, really, when you think about it. And, uh, you know, she's still got this race Saturday night and um, all going well. Might have a look at the Breeders' Crown with her as a, as a farewell to the two-year-olds even then. Yeah. Is she the best two-year-old filly that you've put a bridle on? Uh, yeah, she's got to be, Chris, yeah. Um, I had a lot of nice two-year-old fillies over the years and uh, that have done a great job and won a lot of features. But, um, yeah, no, she just keeps uh, banking the money and uh, winning these group races. And, um, yeah, she's by far and away the best now. Okay. She hasn't started since taking that Group 1 feature, the Albion Park Gold, back on July 16 during the Tag Constellation. She's had a trial since. She was set to trial yesterday, but you scratched her. But you, you're confident that she's ready to go for the weekend, though? Yeah, well, I just sort of had a look at the program. I, I was I nominated her for the trial just in case I wanted to trial her. Um, you know, it was 10 days when she trialled uh, last week to, to the race and um, she went out and ran 55 and a half, you know, and she wasn't quite ready and did it pretty easily. And um, I thought, um, you know, she was going to take natural improvement out of that run. And but I just felt it wasn't fair for her to go up there yesterday and then sort of hang around all day uh, to have another trial and then, you know, uh, you know, it would have been late last night by the time I got home again. I think it was about 9 o'clock I got home. So, you know, it just wasn't going to fit in as it turned out. And um, so I worked yesterday morning here and uh, I was really tickled pink with the work. Okay. Does she leave this field on, on Saturday night? Is that where you want to be soon after the start, Bernie? Um, look, I'll be I'll be going forward, driving her with a fair bit of confidence. Um, I'm not sure how many of the ones inside. Obviously, there'll be speed there inside her, and um, put, you know, different drivers if you want them to get a position. Um, so I'll just let her run off the gate, and um, you know, if there's a lot of action underneath her, uh, well and good. Um, and if not, you know, she might even stride straight across to the top. Um, mm. But you know, I'll keep an open mind on that. We don't want to. No one really wants to overcook them in that first sort of 300 metres. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll just sort of uh, come out quick, have a look and uh, decide from there. OK. So with 10 starts under a belt, number of trials, what is her best asset and what's her best racing style? Um, probably, um, you know, she's, she's done a, a few of the better runs have been coming off the back of them and um, actually working forward and sort of monstering the leaders. Um, she really likes to, to race them when she's up outside them. Um, she's since learned to, to lead and been doing a good job at that as well. Uh, a few minor gear changes, you know, really switched her on. And um, so, you know, probably a biggest asset to strength. Um, but if she's in a in a dogfight, you know that's what that's what I think's uh, the best thing for her. Like if there's one there somewhere around her, and she really likes to grab that bit and and you know race those horses. She's a lovely big filly, as you said. So with more time, is it more the the fact that she's just going to grow into that frame? She's not going to get any taller, surely. Yeah, hopefully she won't get any taller. Um, you know, um, she's she's quite tall now, and. Um, as I say, she's uh, probably just got to thicken up a lot more yet. You know, hopefully all things being equal that she develops into a nice uh, mile and a half man next year and and then we can look at some of the features races like the Oaks and so forth and around the place. So, um, you know, hopefully she just sort of thickens up a bit more and doesn't grow much taller. But, um, you know, early on she was a bit gangly and, and didn't really handle it, uh, um, her gait that well. 
uh, mainly because she was brushing her knee. Uh, now she seems to have given all that away. And, um, you know, I think just just uh, the work and the, the time that she's had so far has just helped her no end, which is probably a bit the opposite to what, what most, you know, big overgrowing juveniles do. They, they sort of, you know, tend to, tend to get tired and, and um, you know, have trouble sort of handling themselves. But she's got gone the other way. She's got more and more confidence. So, um, so hopefully it can, continues on, Chris. Mm. She's obviously enjoyed her time here in the Sunshine State. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, she told me she's a lot happier up here in the sun rather than down there in the front. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. I was going to say, who's enjoying it more, the horse or you? <laughs> yeah, we talk about that every day. <laughs> We're not sure. <laughs> Yeah. Are you due to go home after the weekend, Bernie? Yeah, I'm going to shoot home on uh, on Monday. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave early Monday morning. Be back Monday evening. Yeah. Overall, how would you uh, describe your campaign for 2022 during the winter up here? Yeah, it's been pretty pretty good, pretty fruitful. Um, obviously, there's some horses that just hasn't suited. Things haven't gone gone quite right, and then others have thrived. Um, you know, little mare like uh, Ballerini, you know, she she really hit her straps up here. She was up here last year and uh, with her nephew and um, she just was all at sea and brought her back up this year now and she really started to put it all together and um, she's she's flying now. So um, she's had a good campaign and, and obviously this two-year-old and some of the other ones like um, on the Joyride run one again yesterday, you know, she's, she's thriving up here. So... There's a few others that have been winning races, but uh, overall, yeah, no, it's been pretty good. Okay. Uh, there's a couple of horses I want to ask about, and one is Aurora Joy, who lines up also in that Group 1 Phillies feature on Saturday night. She's drawn gate two. She's fresh up. Can she run a place behind Jewel Melody? Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Like, she had a bit of a spell after she um, she won that feature earlier on, and um, she's been on her way back up, and, and Gemma, my daughter, has been doing a lot of the work with her. Uh, just because she's, I left sent her up here earlier, and then she spelled her out and got her in for me. So I haven't haven't um, changed anything there. Um, she's had a couple of trials back, and she's improving. We've just been, uh, you know, m- you know, changing a bit of gear on her, just getting her to run straight. Um, I think that trial yesterday would have done her a lot of good. Um, possibly she could run a place. Um, you know, she's got a she's got a nice soft drawer, and she's got good gait speed herself. So. Hopefully, um, yeah, she'll come on and hopefully she can pick up a check. Mm. She's the polar opposite to Jewel Melody, though, isn't she? she she's quite uh, petite, this little filly. Yeah, there's not much of her. No, there's not much of her, <laughs> but she, um, you know, she broke in really well and and um, she was doing everything really well and uh, she's just, yeah, come along in leaps and downs and just before I sent her up, she was really starting to, to hit her straps and, um, you know, she won a couple of races up here. And, um, yeah, hopefully um, she's actually a big bird filly, so she'll probably all go on well. She'll have this uh, run and then have a blow and then uh, might even have a look at the uh, big bird um, series down in, in Melbourne later on in the year. Okay, fair enough. And the other one that I've got to ask about, Rip, uh, things didn't go to plan for him during the, the Tab Constellations. What, what's the update? Uh, he's been spelling up here in the warm, so... Um, Jem picked him up yesterday, so he'll go home with me on Wednesday. Um, I was really happy with his last run in the derby. He um, he drew terrible and, um, you know, as you said, a couple of things didn't go right. We started him at Redcliffe, which is uh, blue in hindsight, but um, we learned something there. And, 
he was just a bit all at sea. Um, as I said, he ran a, a nearly strong 2600 in the um, in the Derby from you know an impossible position really, and um, his sectionals were terrific. So he's had a month off now. He'll have a little bit more time uh, off when I get home, and then he'll come back into work, and um, he'll probably head south then as well. Because you've got a lot of options for him, don't you? Like he'd be Vic bred. Is he breed as Crown eligible? Is he breed as Challenge eligible? No, he's he's breed as Crown and, and Vic bred. So um, yeah, I'll just see how he comes back up now. You know, um, Jem picked him up yesterday, and he, she said he looked terrific, and he's just full of himself. So um, I'm sure the break would have done him good. Uh, so we'll get him home and um, probably give him a few more easy days, and then start training him again and. Um, and then, um, you know, just have a look at our options down there. Okay. He's raised by Wayne and Julie Loder, just like Jewel Melody. Speaking of uh, of the couple, will they be trackside on Saturday night? Um, I think Wayne's coming up, the last I heard. I'm not sure if Jules is coming, but, um, yeah, so um, Wayne will certainly be there. All right. Excellent. Uh, it's been great having you up here uh, once again for the, the, the carnival, uh, the Tab Constellations, and now the, the Q-Stars race night on Saturday night. He's hoping that she can walk away with another Group 1. Uh, her fourth, it's, it's an amazing effort to, to win one, let alone four in a season. And, uh, you know, let's just fingers crossed that everything goes to plan on the weekend. Yeah, that's right, Chris. Yeah, no, barring bad luck, I think she'll be, um, she'll be right there at the finish, yeah. Excellent. Bernie, we'll see you tracks on Saturday night. Thanks, Chris. You are joining us, and uh, currently with Tab right now, she is a dollar twenty-five. Jewel Melody to take out that two-year-old Phillies feature. We go from one proud Bathurstian to another. Darren Clayton joins us each and every Wednesday morning. He's online with us now. Darren, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Chris. How are you today? Very well. Does that fill you with confidence, Jewel Melody? She's ready to rock and roll. Yeah, she's a she's a super filly, isn't she? And um, probably should have an extra win to her name just with that first run back she had um, this time in at Albion Park just sort of didn't really go to plan that time either so um, that was just a lead up race but she probably should have seven wins out of her ten starts and um, to have already won three group ones at this stage of the career of her career when there really hasn't been that many group races to be fair for the two-year-olds on offer and, and she's pretty much swept a lot of them. I was going to ask, are we making enough of her efforts so far this season? Like, if she claims this race on Saturday night, uh, what's first prize worth there? Uh, it's worth a fair chunk of money. So she's already got 250000 in the bank. So that's going to take a well over three hundred with victory again on Saturday night. Is enough being made of her efforts so far this season? I don't think they are, Chris. And... And I'll just have a little sideways swipe here. And this is not at Emma and Clayton, um, Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin by any means. They, they've got the. But if this filly was in their stable and had produced what she's produced so yeah. far, three Group Ones, it's it's a completely different narrative that we're that we're reading or hearing about. Yeah. So I, I think it's. Um, you know, uh, the fact that she is where she is and the amount of money she's won already and with plenty more on offer. And, and like Bernie said, she might be really special. And, and I think we need to, to give her a little bit more praise. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It, it's, a, it's a very valid point. D does that come back to the, the HIV uh, hype media team down there? <laughs> yeah, they do a good job at, at uh, pumping their own tyres. Don't worry about that. So... Um, you know, if like I say, 
um, rightly or wrongly, whether they um, she was in a different stable or, or based yeah. in a different state, um, you know, we'd be reading a hell of a lot more about her. And, um, yeah, I, I think we need to give her the credit she deserves, and, and that yeah. is a lot of credit. Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point that you raise there because comparisons would be made with tailor-made Lombo, Lombo Lefebvre, Blossom Lady, every good mare uh, that we've seen raise if she was trained by, uh, you know, a Victorian. Uh, so, um, yeah, I don't think she gets the credit that she deserves. And when you say she's chasing her fourth Group 1 win this season, you think, you know, it's been a really taxing year. It hasn't. She's only facing the starter for the 11th time on Saturday night. So it's great credit to Bernie Hewitt, the, the job that he's done with this filly. So fingers crossed that she can achieve her, her uh, fourth Group 1 win on Saturday night. Just looking at that program, all Q-Stars, uh, all Q-Bred Horses, Q-Stars race night, it's a really good meeting. Those four Group 1 features, they're, they're terrific. They certainly are. And, and um, the barrier draws for those Group 1s have certainly not really put, uh, you know, made anything a real standout apart from of course dual melody because she is so dominant but uh even then she's still drawn gate five but um you know you look at the the, the two-year-old colts and geldings for real life um he's come up with gate one but frankie ferocious drawn right outside him that certainly sets it up nicely and have you checked in he was super last week um you even look at the um, Captain Foxtrot, he's drawn terribly, but you go through his form, he's got four minds behind Petrarca, who we saw on Tuesday at Menangle. Absolutely, um, you know, amazing in victory there. So um, that race is, is a super race. And then, um, you know, the three-year-old fillies, that really sets, while there's no real standout and not a filly in that that we could say is, has really stood up this season in some of the bigger races. It's a really good even bunch, made even more interesting by the barrier draw. The three-year-old Colts and Gilding is always a fascinating uh, race. Uh, this year, no exception. Captain Shuffles, uh, Drew Barrier 3, uh, Tab Market Frame has put up seventy, so he's the clear choice. Danger Zone 460. And then we've got $7 about uh, Teddy Disco, Away We Go, eight fifty. For future is short. Are you surprised Captain Shuffles is so short? This is a really intriguing one for two reasons in that market. Number one, I know Nathan Dawson's had had prior sort of uh, affiliation with Teddy Disco that he's gone for Teddy Disco from where he's drawn inside the second line. So you got to take a little bit out of that. But then the other thing, you look at the fact. Um, what's going to happen in the early stages here. Future Assured handed up to Captain Shuffles last week and couldn't run him down. If Captain Shuffles gets to the front this time, do you think, is Trent Dawson going to have it in the back of his mind, well, I need to perhaps stay in front of him this time around? But that then offers a horse like Danger Zone uh, or Teddy Disco then, um, you know, a really good opportunity to get past Future Assured. So um, I mentioned last week we'd know a bit more about about both Captain Shuffles and Future Assured when that race was over 2,100, the, uh, the heat runs where neither of them had been over that trip. Well, I think Captain Shuffles answered plenty of questions in that, but I don't think he deserves to be as short as he is with the horses like Danger Zone and Teddy Disco, even away we go, is also a group on winner in that race when this will be his biggest test to date. So in a roundabout way of answering your question, Chris, uh, yeah, I'm surprised that that, uh, that that price is on offer. 
Well, I think he's the most exciting horse in Queensland right now. Uh, I spoke with Ben Crosby's trainer yesterday. Uh, he's playing it, you know, low key, which is fair enough. And uh, But if he comes out and makes a statement on Saturday night and really handles this field, I asked about the possibility of an interstate campaign, the Victoria Derby, you know, is forthcoming. But, uh, you know, he, he didn't seem too interested in, in taking him away. He said he's got plenty of time and he wants to give him plenty of time to develop. But the temptation would have to be there if he comes out and, and dominates on the weekend. Yeah, definitely. And, and because there's some very nice horses there. And if, if like you say, if he were to, to deal to them, you'd you'd have to seriously consider, um, you know, where your next step with him is. He has really stepped up. He's had three runs back this campaign and won all three. But uh, yeah, you, you have to you have to sort of seriously look at it. They're only they're only young once, and um, you know sometimes you got to strike while the iron's hot. Playing devil's advocate, though, uh, there's a lot to look forward to next year. He's got the Winter Carnival, uh, the, the the Rising Sun's an obvious one. The Eureka, that's going to be an obvious target. So there's a lot, there's a lot on offer next year as well if if he's prepared to play the patience game. Yeah, that's it. And I guess it's it's sort of worked out for him thus far. He, he sort of hasn't overly uh, raced him um, too much. And I guess you you have a look at uh, his career. It's nearly identical to. Jewel Melody, 10 starts, 6 wins, 1 second. But uh, Jewel Melody, 249,000. Captain Shuffles, 24,000. So um, while he's immensely talented, it's it's a tale of two horses, really, isn't it? Yeah, well, it'll be a great one-two punch uh, alongside Leap to Fame, put it that way, moving forward. But, uh, you know, his ratings are just through the roof, this campaign, in those three victories. So... That's all in front of us on Saturday night. So we've got 10 races, four group ones, a pair of listed features. Action starts just after 5.30. We'll talk more about that meeting on Friday when Darren joins us. Your task is to find a few winners for tonight at Reckliff and line our pocket. So we've got eight of the best. We start at 5.20. Where do we find your best bet? Yeah, we need to be patient for the best. And that's uh, all the way down to the last race. And I thought this race is, is ideal for Remember Eve gets back to gate one. She's got gate speed. Uh, I think she can lead them up here and, and make all the difference getting back to that uh, that good gate. She was buried away last time. Um, Shane Graham taking the drive for Chris Frisbee. Um, when she's drawn barrier one and been able to lead with no issue, she's, um, she, I think she's won two or three at Redcliffe now. Gets every opportunity here, I thought. So race eight, number one, remember Eve. Okay, she's won five from eight from that track, and she's currently 225, so she's very uh, backable right now. So that's the best. We've got to be patient and wait for the last. Anything else stand out for tonight? Yeah, the other one that I thought um, was a good chance, Chris, race three, number two, Sonny Orlando. Um, He, two runs back, he drew the second line. Uh, he was sent out as the favourite on that occasion, and uh, he was put into the race relatively early, um, just not too far away. And then last time out, um, again placed. I think this is a, he finds a field here not overly strong. Trioli to his inside does have good gate speed, but I think if he forces the issue, he might just be able to get across. And if he found the front, um, he'd certainly be mighty hard to beat. So. Um, uh, I don't think he has to lead to win either. So uh, race three, number two, Sonny Orlando. 
Okay, 270 with Tab right now. Give me some numbers for the quaddy races five, six, seven, and eight. So in that first leg there, race number five, I've got number eight, Devil Sticks on on top. Tough gate, but uh, he shouldn't be too far away. Beef City Stars, number seven, if he gets the right trip, uh, he can certainly feature, as can number nine, Feel Good Express. Um, so going seven, eight, nine there, the back line runners in that first leg. The second leg, race number six, um, I thought this was a good chance for Birdles Firefox to win this race. I've marked him on top. Can't see a great deal of pressure to his outside, and he's a horse with great gate speed. Um, just needs to avoid any pressure. If, uh, if anything happened to give him a little bit of the stink eye, he, he would uh, not appreciate that at all. That'll give a perfect trip to number seven, Champagne Reactor, and throw in number four, Tullhurst Cuddles. The third leg, race seven, I thought this was a race in two. I've got number two, Heavenly Sea, on top over the odds-on favourite, number five, tell me this. I thought Heavenly Sea gets a chance here from the gate. She's placed, uh, she made an error at a first Redcliffe start and then has placed in her three runs since. So uh, I thought she gets a chance. Tell me this, he's certainly uh, ready to win a race. He had to do it tough last time, but uh, he'll be throwing it down again here. So two and five. And in that last leg, happy to bring it home one out with the best bet, number one, Remember Eve.